Hey everybody, it's the Fan Box with Joey B podcast show and I am your host Joey B and we are back for season 3! Welcome back Fan Boxers, it feels amazing to be back in the studio. Uh, I had just been so deprived of sports as we all have due to the coronavirus. Uh, do you like that cool music? That was dope, right? Um, so I had to turn it off because uh, I didn't want to start dancing and get distracted from my talking. But anyway, the coronavirus has deprived us from sports. We didn't really finish season two out like I wanted because, you know, life gets busy with work and school and stuff. But uh, we're back for season three. And season three is going to be the best season of the Fanbox Joey B podcast show. Uh, today I am by myself. I couldn't wait any longer. Couldn't wait for our boy Kelsey. Or, that's my wife's name. My boy Casey. Uh, he, will be, he will be with me with episode two. But I had to get back in the studio. I had to get on the airwaves and get in your ears about the sports. Um, also, if you do follow our Facebook and Twitter page, I think, uh, was that back in March, I did make the announcement that we were focusing on more football than it, all the sports, and or then more than just all around the sports. So the segment of uh, all around the sports is uh, no longer. Not that we won't ever just mention other sports in big stories, especially if they're affecting the world pretty heavy, but... Um, I have learned to stick what you're really good at. I am really good at football. I love basketball. I love the Mavericks and LeBron James. I just, it's not my uh, forte of knowledge. And uh, baseball, if you know me, uh, <laughs> I don't really care for it as much, but I always keep up to date with it because a lot of people do love baseball. But I want to be able to focus and give my all and give my best to the listeners, and that is football. So college football, NFL football, if the XFL makes a comeback, that is what we'll be focusing on, maybe with some tidbits of other sports in there as long as they affect our world. And uh, speaking of affecting our world, we will probably talk about the NBA and the NHL of and a little bit of the MLB of how they're going to react uh, to the coronavirus and COVID-19 and what's been going on. So last we spoke, I believe, was bef- uh, right before the Super Bowl where I had uh, interviewed uh, Jesse Hawley and a few other NFL veterans, uh, and which was awesome. And that was our number one show, guys. Hey, hey, number one show so far. So that's freaking fantastic. But uh, we haven't talked since then. So Patrick Mahomes, he is the MVP. Uh, not the MVP. He is the uh, Super Bowl MVP. They won the Super Bowl. What a freaking playoffs that we saw with Derrick Henry and the Titans upsetting the Patriots in a one-round out and the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens not living up to expectations and uh, the 49ers and their defense just showing everybody out and then the 49ers really didn't show up in the Super Bowl like we wanted them to. I feel like they were one pass, uh, one overthrown pass to Kittle away from really possibly winning that Super Bowl. After that, before the half, it really went down uh, down the drain for them. But as we all know, it's, you know, we're in May now, so it's three months now that the Kansas City Chiefs are our F- Super Bowl champions. They are our defending Super Bowl champions going into this new season. So congrats to the Chiefs. Congrats to Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff. Um, 
my Cowboys obviously didn't make the playoffs, and um, there's just been there's just been not good stuff really. Like it was just like after the season ended, we weren't getting any better as usual. The free agency, uh, it seemed like, but we got uh, but then our we got our defensive line beefed up with Poe, and we got uh, Gerald McCoy from Carolina. Which I'm super excited about. Uh, we did lose a couple defend uh, defensive guys that were uh, key players for us, and they're sad to see them go. Uh, Jeff Heath has finally left the Cowboys, which is great. Never liked Jeff Heath. We got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Uh, I know he hasn't really lived up to his first round hype uh, coming out of Alabama, but he has been a good. Safety throughout this league, and hopefully with this uh, new defense we're going to have with the new coaching staff, he will uh, definitely shine for us. Um, Mari Cooper, big contract, got him. We've got him going still uh, for even longer as a Cowboy, number 19. The Cowboys had an amazing draft, A-plus draft in my opinion. Uh, we got so lucky to get C.D. Lamb, the new 88, to the da- to the Dallas Cowboys. The new 88 to our historic number. Everybody that's wore that number has been a great receiver and going down in the history books, Dallas Cowboy-wise. So welcome C.D. Lamb to that brotherhood of 88. Um, I wish y'all could have initially reacted to it. You know, I would have known how I felt, but now I have rounded around to it, and I'm okay with it now. Uh, with C.D. Lamb. We got C.D. Lamb and Mari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Jason Witten's gone, so we got uh, Blake Jarwin, who's a beast. Can't wait to see what he's going to do. Um, but I want to get, I'm just doing like a quick quick little thing here. The, you know, Joe Burrow, B.D. BD Joe from LSU, national champion, is keeping his stripes with the Bengals. So congratulations to him. I think the Bengals will do better. Speaking of Bengals quarterbacks, Andy Dalton is the backup for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys really haven't drafted, not drafted, haven't picked a real backup quarterback since Kyle Orton. Uh, and, um, I mean, we didn't even really have to use them, so it was kind of a waste. It was, I mean, not a waste, but it's a good thing you have to really use them. But uh, we haven't really had a real backup like that, and I think Andy Dalton can go start for almost uh, for a lot of these teams. He just had a bad couple seasons with a really horrible organization, in my opinion. Um, I am not on the hey give give Andy a chance. I don't. I mean, Dak has been our guy. We're about to get to Dak here in a minute. Um, I know we're just like flying through stuff here, but I want to get to what I want to get to for the uh, premiere of Season 3. So bear with me here on the fast-forwardness of everything. Then we'll get to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. but um, And we will talk more about Dak. But Dak is our guy right now. Uh, and I, if he does get hurt, or if any Dalton does somehow show that he's surpassing him, then sure, give him the job. But let's not make it an open competition. Dak has uh, deserved and earned that spot. Uh, anything else? Oh, Tom Brady is a freaking... Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer along with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, and then obviously Tua from Alabama got drafted to Miami. And the Florida's up top. Um, Tua's uh, all of the, all the different jerseys you can get for Tua. And all the different jerseys you can get for Brady. One alternate jersey for Gronkowski are all the top selling jerseys in the NFL since... Uh, since the new year has began, and it uh, looks like everybody down in Florida is uh, using that stimulus check and uh, just buying their new new jerseys down there. Uh, Florida pro sports wise, uh, pro football wise, is pretty excited for a change, so that's good. 
That's good to see. Speaking of Tampa Bay quarterbacks, with Brady being down there, obviously Jameis Winston's gone after a 30-touchdown, 30-interception season, um, which was really weird. Like, how do you do that? And then he had uh, LASIK surgery, and so everybody's like, oh, watch, you want those many interceptions because he literally couldn't read the scoreboard. Uh, but he went to a very odd place, and that was to the New Orleans Saints to be a backup, which we all thought Taysom Hill was just going to be this, the for sure backup now going into the season with uh, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater gone. If you follow the show, I'm very infamous for calling him Terry Bridgewater, but it's Teddy. Um, he and Teddy Bridgewater is a Carolina Panther now, uh, so I'm tempted to see what Jameis is going to do. I mean, is he the true backup or is he the third string behind Taysom Hill? Like, how's that going to work? I think um, because he throws so many touchdowns and so many yards that he could go be a starter somewhere else. Just need uh, some fresh grass, but maybe a year under the wing of Drew Brees really helps uh, blossom his career. So uh, best of luck to Jameis Winston and best of luck to Teddy Bridgewater as the Carolina Panthers' new starting quarterback. Uh, but, man, things have been crazy in the NFL. A bunch of new head coaches. I didn't come in here planned. Uh, I will tell y'all, I came in to work where our studio is. I got here early, and I was like, I need to get on these airwaves. I need to talk. It's been a while. Uh, so I'm sorry for and this isn't as structured as usual, but it's, this is the start of Season 3, and I'm so glad everybody's here. I feel like I've covered a lot in just this first 10 minutes. <laughs> so let's uh, let's slow it down here for a minute. Okay. So, we back in March, uh, the NBA kind of kicked all this pandemic thing for the whole country, really, of shutting down. Uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, and he was being a child and touched all the stuff in the locker room because he thought it was a, not he wasn't taking it serious and touching all these microphones, and then uh, got a couple of his. his uh, teammates sick and then the NBA shut down and then it just trick it just was boom 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 after that NBA then the NHL and then uh MLB postponed their season and then the last league to finally pull its plug was the XFL the XFL was going so strong and they had planned on doing because uh, California is one of the worst states with the pandemic, and there was a game between the Seattle and, and uh, California teams uh, for the XFL, and they were just going to play with no fans, and uh, that's kind of where they were the first to think about doing this um, for for the pandemic. But then, just how the everything escalated, they uh, just kind of dismissed it and just canceled the season. And the XFL ran into this rabbit hole of "we'll be back," blah blah blah, and then bankrupt, and they're no longer they're no longer a league as of right now. Hopefully, they may be able to come back next year or something because they were going strong. Um, I was a season ticket holder for the Dallas Renegades. Um, Landry Jones was awful and garbage, and it was breaking our hearts. And every game, every home game we went to, we lost. Uh, but so everything was shutting down uh, here in DFW. Everybody's excited for the Mavericks and the Stars playoff contenders. As a LeBron James fan, the Lakers have been on fire. You know, you know, honoring this season to uh, Kobe Bryant. Oh my goodness, I did not bring that up. <laughs> we haven't talked since then. The Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, has passed passed away back in February in the helicopter crash, and. 
uh, that really just struck a chord with the world, struck a chord with myself growing up. Uh, me and my cousin Zachary, we were uh, big. We were big basketball fans. Uh, he was always Allen. He always liked Allen Iverson and Carmelo uh, Anthony. And I was a Maverick guy with Michael Finley. But when we used to play the video games, uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what they, which ones they were then, live and maybe the old two Ks. But uh, he was Kobe and I was Shaq. That was what we did. And Kobe, like just watching Kobe and growing up like that's our Michael Jordan from my generation like watching him do all that stuff win all those championships um and everything and so it was just and just seeing the 8 to 24 like and then like I got to go watch him play during uh, the 2011 season when he came here uh to face the Mavericks and he the Mavericks won but he still dropped 38 on us and but it was awesome to see. I'm glad I got to see that. And I remember his final game where he dropped 60. I was home alone, sitting in my sitting in the living room watching it. I didn't go. Uh, I didn't go out that night because there some friends wanted to go out. I didn't go hang out with my wife, who was my fiance at the time. I wanted to watch Kobe, and I did. And so when this happened, it it hit me. I cried. I'm not. I mean, I I'm sure I can speak to a lot of people that felt the same way. I didn't think it says. I want to say, how would you feel if Kobe Bryant died? And I went and I. Would, probably didn't think I'd be like oh I would cry I'd be like I'd, I'd probably think oh I'd be sad but the thing is it the way he, it just was so sudden he was it was just took and taken from the world like that and it was it really affected man it was it was a rough few days and every time they did something for him uh you know I you know got emotional and stuff but uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I mean it's a good old sports cry and you can have those sometimes and uh, sports cried when you know, Tony Romo had to uh, officially pass the torch off. I mean, but this was a more more serious than that, of course. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba, um, changed the world forever, honestly, and uh, sad to see him go. But uh, because of that, the Lakers have just been on a mission trying to go win a championship for Kobe in 2020 is just getting in the way of that. And um, we've been, I mean, it's over 60 days now, right? Of no NBA and no no sports. There's no golf. No net. Uh, we had the UFCs came back and did an empty empty thing. And apparently, the people that watched it that are big UFC fans enjoyed it. They uh, like you really got to hear more of the fighting noises and stuff like that. Uh, to me, I like watched a clip on Facebook and it was just weird. Like, because the crowd noise to me is part of the atmosphere for almost any sport. Um, and so I think that kind of takes it away for me, but uh, I definitely think if they do plan on when the with the coming back and stuff, they're not going to be able to throw fans into into stadiums. So this we might just need to have to get used to not hearing the crowd, unless production teams just get fancy with it to make it more enjoyable for us at home, and they just like create a fake crowd noise just. Uh, because if you think about it, the announcers had to talk a lot more if you watch that UFC fight. They had to talk more because usually like when stuff happens, you can go away and just listen to the background music of the crowd. But the announcers and the analysts had to really fill in that gap of the silence so there really wasn't any silence. So uh, that's going to maybe be the new norm unless the TV uh, production crews can get fancy with it and give us fake noise. I'd be okay with that. You know, look weird. You hear, you're hearing it but not seeing it. Um, but, uh, and I heard this on the radio is a good point that, uh, we have all these bowl games for college football. Do you think they're filling those stadiums up for every single bowl game? 
No, they're not. Uh, so they're definitely able to just focus on the field and to give you enough crowd noise to think that it's full. That's what they do. That's their job. So maybe moving forward, they can do that for us. But uh, it's been crazy. Like, no, like, <laughs> we, like, I focused on the NFL draft. I always focus on the NFL draft and NFL free agency, but I felt like there was just a lot more people with me that were focusing in on it with us, and I thought that was really awesome. But um, it was just weird. Like, that's all we had to focus on was just transactions. NFL draft was whack with everybody being at home. Uh, I th- I mean, it w- I, everybody's like, oh, I thought it was cool, different experience. No, it wasn't the same. It wasn't as exciting when someone gets picked. Like, we didn't get to really see that initial reaction. It was like a delayed type of thing, and they're on the phone, and it's the camera in their living room and stuff like that. And more people are worried about how many people were in the person's living room or in their house, you know, not social distancing and stuff. And um, I definitely don't want another draft like that. <laughs> In my opinions, but uh, I mean, the NFL did their best, and Roger Goodell, you know, from his home and doing the best he could with it. And uh, so, I guess, you know, they're giving us something, and that's great. And then they, you know, made a special for releasing the schedules. Like, they're they're doing things like people, like, oh, they're just doing it for money. They don't, I think they're, yes, they're making money from these little specials, but they're giving the people something. They're giving us something sports wise, something to look forward to in the future, to get excited about. And I appreciate that for sure. But uh, back to football or basketball and hockey, it looks like um, we're going to hear something soon. It, today is May 22nd, and uh, they're saying by you know June 1st we should know something. It sounds like that uh, the Vegas and Orlando and Disney World are going to be the two locations for NBA playoff or NBA games. And um, last I heard, it's just going to go straight into the playoffs, and the West will play in Las Vegas, and the East will play in Orlando, and then I'm sure they'll figure something out once we get for the finals. They will still be the best of seven. Um, and I'll be excited to see that. <laughs> Excuse me. There was only like 15 games left. There might, I mean, if they did finish out the season, uh, it might change like the bottom part of the uh, the round, uh, the bottom part of the playoffs, like who's in and who's out wise. But I don't think there would have been too much of a significant change of who was going to be in it by playing those 15 games. So going straight to the playoffs, I think is their best bet. Um, but also then there's the there's the other story that came out that it would be uh, they would finish those games and it'd be 70 games total they would do and then by the end of the summer we'd be having our finals so who knows I'm excited I'm just excited for them to make a decision like that's what I'm pumped for is the decision they make and then I'll be pumped when we see it of course and then baseball uh it looks like they they might do an 80-game season, and uh, I'm not, like, 162 games, that's a lot of games, and that's just, to me, oh, that just oversaturates it, maybe that's why it's so boring, maybe with this 80-game season, you might get more people a little bit more hooked, because the game, these games are going to mean more, because there's 80 of them, instead of 162, and they're, it's not going to seem like we're watching baseball all freaking almost ha- over half the year, uh, so maybe... This 80-game season thing could change baseball forever, but I doubt it because TV contracts and stuff like that. But that'd be nice to see if the 80-game season worked out and baseball just went back to that or just went to that permanently. The NHL, I think they're they're just kind of waiting to see what the NBA does. The NBA has been the front runner on this, so I'm sure they'll do something very similar 
to what the NBA chooses. I'm excited to see what the stars could do in the playoffs. And the thing is, like, they're going to have to give these players can't just, like, June 1st make an announcement, June 2nd they're playing games. Like, they're going to have to take another few weeks to get back into it because not every, but because of, depending, especially depending on where they lived, they haven't been able to be in a gym because they're not all LeBron James and, uh, and all that that have their own home gyms and Jimmy Butler bought basketball goals and sent them to all his teammates. Hopefully they weren't in an apartment and they were able to use it and stuff like that. I mean, it's crazy. Like these players are not in shape to play for the most part. And um, it's going to, I'm definitely going to be curious on that, that moving forward on how that, how the play is going to look. Cause I was listening to radio this morning and they're like, it's not going to, it's not going to be good basketball regardless of how long you give them to, to warm up and whatnot. And I, and uh, the players want to play, I think. I've heard it all over, especially from the big-name players. It's like I think they understand it's not going to be the best of basketball, but it's going to be something. We've been deprived for months with nothing, and we need to finish the season. We can't just scratch the season. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how they're going to handle it, how how they're going to warm the players up and then get ready to watch sports. Hopefully a month from now we're talking about the NBA playoffs. <laughs> And how that's affecting the world and the football world, but uh, yeah, so that's been this has been what's going on. And you know, we had the uh, Last Dance docu- uh, documentary, the ten part series. I'll be honest, I haven't watched it yet. I know that last weekend was the ninth and tenth episode. I'm ready to watch it. I want to binge it. That's what I was waiting for, and I want to uh, get into it. And so. We'll do another episode, hopefully another episode or so I can talk about my thoughts on that. I know that the world enjoyed it, and now Tom Brady's coming out and saying he's doing a nine-part series about his career, and people are like, well, why? Like, Tom Brady's boring. But Tom Brady, like, he he deserves to tell his story. Won six Super Bowls. He was not a starter, really a starter at Michigan. He was a sixth-round pick. Uh, Tom Brady, um, if you watch this little series that – Peyton Manning does on ESPN. He did an episode with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a very funny and awesome person. It made me like really like him. Like I like Tom Brady now as a person. Uh, you know, checkered pass through the NFL, so I'm rooting for him in Tampa Bay because of this. And I would like to see this documentary series. I want to see that, but at the same time, I want him to show a little dirt too on the Patriots, kind of like Jordan did. Jordan had. By what I understand, Jordan had people on there that were didn't like him, didn't like playing with him, and he's the one who is his docu series that he made. Uh, and I want I don't want Tom Brady just to be shining the the, the light on him. I want the flake gate. I want to I want him to talk about him smashing his cell phone, the maybe spy gate. But I will definitely watch that. I'm definitely interested in uh, how that's because that's a great story. Like especially all of you know for all of us that have been watching football since you know the early 2000s and stuff like. We've watched that that whole dynasty and what it's become, and I would like to see some more background on that. Even though people hate them for you know cheating and stuff like that, but I mean, all they're gonna say hate is gonna hate. We got six rings, and he's right. I like to watch on how that happened in the background and rooting for him down there in Tampa. That would be, I mean, I don't know. I guess it, no, it would be cool to see him win just to prove that he doesn't need Belichick, but. Uh, and then it'd be cool to see the Patriots continue, and uh, I don't need Brady. I really don't want that to happen. I really want Bill Belichick and the Patriots to fail now that Brady's gone. But we'll see. 
So, yeah, man, this pandemic is crazy. We're getting ready, hopefully, to hear more about more sports. The NFL is, we're really gearing up here. So I'm going to talk about something that's been heavy on my heart, and that's that, Prescott. Um, I'm just, I'm getting all flustered right now. I need to clear clear my head real quick before I start. I'm going to have a color person that fill in, so give me two seconds. All right, here we go. Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, rookie drafted in the third round. My boy, my love, Tony Romo goes down in a preseason game. Dak Prescott, I was excited for Dak Prescott. Like, oh, he, he was a good quarterback in college. He's going to learn under Romo. He's going to, you know, blossom as this awesome prodigy under Tony, blah, blah, blah. Well, he had to step in. And I was excited how he was playing in the preseason before because uh, Tony, because of his back issues, doesn't play a whole lot of preseason games in the first place. But um, Tony, that came in. We know the story. Thirteen and three. They went to the playoffs. They go and play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Dak plays atrocious in the first half, and then it's a close game, and we're, it looks like we're going to win. And then Aaron Rodgers has the stupid rolling out sideline on the sideline pass, and blah. Anyway, we know that story. We know that Dak Prescott has a winning record. He's had Zeke Elliott, and that's year Zeke Elliott missed games back and forth. They did horrible. Then they went ten and six the next season, and they're doing. And Dak is looking better. And then they go and face the Rams in the playoffs and falter horribly. Can't stop the run for crap. And then last year, up and down season as a team, but Dak. 30 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 4,902 yards, almost 5,000 yards. He's throwing the ball more down deep with the deep throws. He's a, Everybody knows he's a great leader. He's got that dog in him. When it's clutch time, Dak is doing whatever he can to win. Scrambling around, doing flips into the end zone. Like There is no doubt Dak is a great athlete, and he's doing everything he can to help his team win. And it's just he has this issue of holding the ball too long in the backfield. He's had Jason Garrett in his ear this whole time with this horrible, predictable offense. And he's a, he's, he is inaccurate on his deep throws. He throws better on when he, when he throws on the run. But because of Jason Garrett's offense, he doesn't do that as much. And and so I've been, I've been mad at him, but also giving the benefit of the doubt. And ever when I when I was like Jason Garrett, when Jason Garrett's gone, give Dak one more year with the new coaching staff, and now that's where we're at. He has one. We had to franchise tag him because we couldn't agree to terms last year. I was like, perfect. Let him see what he can do with McCarthy's offense. Then let's see what the real problem is. Is it Dak, or is it because he was in a kind of a bad offense, offensive game plan? Or is it a mixture of both? Whatever it was, I I believe with the right, he has the right tools now, amazing tools, and you give him a new playbook and everything. I think he could succeed and be that quarterback we need him to be. But this is how the NFL works. Almost every player that comes up and they become the highest paid in their position is not the best player in the position. And that's what some people need to realize when they're looking at this DAC thing is just because you become the highest paid in your position doesn't mean you're the best. It's because your contract came up at the right time. You were in the right place at the right time. 
And that's exactly where Dak is. Dak, because he was a third-round pick, didn't have a fifth-year option. So he his contract is up at the right time. Wentz and Goff got paid early last season, and he's been Dak's been waiting it out. And besides playoff success, he's had more success in the regular season than both those quarterbacks has stayed healthy the whole time. Uh, he has won a playoff game against the CLC Hawks. Carson Wentz hasn't played in the playoffs really. Uh, Jared Goff did, and they got to the Super Bowl. But uh, I think that was a mistake for them paying him. I think Dak's better than Goff. Wentz, if he's perfectly healthy, he's obviously better than Dak all day. I'm sorry, Cowboy fans. I know that's hard for you to hear, but if Wentz can, it was 100% healthy, he's a way better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has gotten better, and we talked about last year how this is the year he needs to make that step. And he made the step of being of throwing more and having better stats, but his decision-making and his inaccuracy, inaccuracy still hurt us last year. But now you're saying, no, this is the year. Like, you can't keep saying that with Dak Prescott. Like, and he doesn't deserve the money he's asking for, and that's not what I'm arguing. I'm not arguing he should get paid uh, what he's I want to help people understand what's going on with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. If you disagree, please give me 11 quarterbacks that are better than him. Please. I'm not saying he's the top five. I think he may be number 10. That's what I'm saying. That is what I mean. I think he is number 10 in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And his contract is up, and he's the only one looking at a new contract right now because he just got franchise tagged. He's in the right place at the right time because he is in the cream of the crop. Not the best. So he's going to, and the, the market's going to reset for quarterbacks because of Dak Prescott. If we would have signed him before uh, last season, we are talking about $28 million. We're talking about 28 the max, and I was like, oh, that's a little much. And now we're talking about having to pay this man almost $40 million because we, because I was like, I'm paying him 32 max because I know we need to get it done. Get it done because you can't just not do it. All right, Dak, if Dak sits out and we don't pay him or whatever, then we're screwed. Maybe Andy Dalton, but who knows? That's not real, a real promise that, that Andy Dalton's going to do something. We're in this win now window and if he's asking for this stupid amount of money our window is going to shorten up real quick because we're not going to be able to keep cd lamb when he gets there or just sign more veteran players want to just heavily rely on the draft you always can't do that like Dak's going to hinder us with this contract that he wants but he needs but i want y'all to understand he does deserve a high contact he deserves to get paid and be with the cowboys because of what he has done and hopefully with this new coach he can do more I say franchise tag him. He sits out. That's his fault. He's being selfish. But, dude, play through the franchise tag. Earn that franchise tag money. Prove to us that next season, okay, now y'all got to freaking pay me, pay me, because I did this this season. Like, Dak, and like, so we offered him $35 million a year, which was my max, finally, a couple months ago. I was like, I'll pay him 35 just to be done with it. Well, the thing is, um, the NFL is coming into new a new contract here in a few years with all the TV networks, which means they're about to get paid more money by the for these TV contracts, and so that means there's going to be an influx and in money in the NFL, which means these contracts are going to get bigger because the NFL has more money, and so Dak wants to that to reflect in his contract. He wants his final year to have forty five million because that's what the 
that's what the influx is looking like. That he should be be making ten million more when the NFL has that all that all that new money, and because he originally wanted a shorter contract so he can sign a new contract when the new TV money comes in. It's not that he thinks he's worth forty five million. He thinks he will be worth forty five million at that point because of the TV money. Um. And needs he we shouldn't pay him that much. He needs like <laughs> freaking Patrick Mahomes deserves thirty five million. You give Dak thirty five, thirty seven, then you're gonna the Chiefs are gonna have to put the whole world out to keep uh, Pat Mahomes. And it's it just so frustrating because Dak is like this uh, seems like this selfless guy, like this nice, super awesome, nice person, but he's doing this. And I know part of it's his agent. I know some of us that I talk to like to blame the agent more than the player, but it's also the player. Come on. If he really didn't agree with his agent, he would fire his agent and hire a new one. But Dak wants this money, even, and it doesn't make sense. He's going to hinder the team if he keeps asking for all this. And I just think playing into the franchise tax, see what happens. That's what I want. That's what I've been wanting since after, since two years ago, not to give him a contract. To, to, I just wanted to give him a new coach. I didn't know when that was going to happen, but finally it did, and let him play at least a year under that coach and see what happens. So, to recap, do I think Dak should get paid? No. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> Should that get paid? Yes. Should he get paid as much as he wants? No. What should, the, what should the Cowboys do? Let him play under the tag and talk about this next year. That's what should happen. But no, that's not what's going to happen. And we're going to just hear constantly on what Dak should get paid, what he shouldn't get paid, what Dak is refusing, what the Cowboys are giving out. And it's just messy. It's just messiness all around. And I just want it to be over with because Dak Prescott is... I understand like why people think he's not worth even signing, but he is, and it's just been so frustrating with this because I Dak was the last person I thought we would have these contract issues with. We never had a contract issue with with Tony Romo. He never held out or got pissed off. We did give him a big contract at the end there, but it wasn't like groundbreaking. It wasn't the highest paid quarterback. And that's what Dak is asking for for someone who's only won one playoff game. But like I said, Dak is in the right place at the right time for him. Not for the Cowboys, for himself. He's at the right place at the right time. But thank y'all for listening, fan boxers. It's been freaking great. Um, and I just want to wish you all a fantastic summer. Welcome to season three of the fan box with Joey B and Casey Nelson when he gets here. Thank you for listening to my rambling today, is really what it's been. But I want to get back on the airwaves. I hope that you all enjoy this. Hope you're ready for sports and that you're ready to enjoy the NFL season. And um, that's all I have for today. Peace out, party people.